What's happening, y'all? It's another up. I didn't even up, uh, introduce myself, huh? It's been a minute. The rock knocked the rest of heart. <laughs> What's happening, y'all? This is Todd Wilson with another episode of Elevate Your Game. Today, we have a head coach. We have program CEO of his own <laughs> training business, yeah. uh, hoop head, city champ. All that good stuff, Steve Jones, Steve man. Jones. Welcome to the show, my brother. Appreciate you, Todd. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. We love to start this show off with the wall of hoop movies. Mm-hmm. Favorite hoop movie of all time and why? There's a couple missing, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling your favorite movie's up there. Because if you're a true hooper, it's only one real yeah. movie. Yeah. And that is? I mean, he got games. I knew it. <laughs> it's, it's a classic. Those other movies are good, but I mean, he got game. Come on. You can't beat it from, from beginning to end. Like. So, my only complaint about He Got Game. Mm-hmm. Ray Allen did a good job, but he's not yeah. an actor, though. He's a hooper. And that's what made it so good. Yeah. But it's also like when he was arguing with his girl yeah, and all yeah. that kind of them scenes, I'm like. Ah. He's not a good actor in today's world. But if you watched it during that time growing up, it was the best movie you ever watched. <laughs> this is facts. This is facts. So, he Got Game is a classic. Like Absolute classic. Absolute classic. Yeah, it's nothing man. that can beat it. Yes, I love it. I love it. So, um, so we're just gonna roll right into it, man. So, when did you fall in love with basketball? Um, I feel like I fell in love with basketball when I started playing for the Cavs in seventh grade. It's when I actually started playing basketball. Mm. Um, before then, I played like in little rec leagues, YMCA stuff like that. But when I met Daryl McDonald, and we like had practices and we used to go at it, and it was intense. I really fell in love with the game. Love that. Love so. that, man. Daryl McDonough, OG. OG. The Cavs, been around OG. for 30-something years. 30-something years. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, in those Cavs practices, um, what what was different? What what made you fall in love with it? Was it the intensity itself? Yeah. Um, how fast did you see yourself growing in those situations? Well, what it was, was I wasn't really good at basketball like that. Like, I was just like a regular kid, whatever, and he was big on defense. And I used to go in there and I used to just try to lock guys up and I could pick up full, I was athletic and that highlighted my game when I was there. So it gave me the confidence to like, you know, start taking basketball serious and I grew a lot in that program and it was mostly the intensity of the practice. So Mm -hmm. he used to say all type of stuff to us, (laughs) like stuff that you can't say now, you know, in today's coaching, but it made me tough, it made me mentally tough and it translated to all other coaches I was coached by, so. That is key, man, the, the yeah. translation of the game. And yeah. um, you're probably one of the first people on this show who yeah. got introduced to basketball at the same time as me. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't start playing until I was 11 and 7th grade yeah. as well. Uh, maybe 6th grade. It was like the end of 6th grade. But yeah. same kind of thing is like, um, man, like, for to you is go as far as you did with the yeah. game to yeah. learn it so late. Yeah. Well, what people think is late, yeah. right? But that attitude and being around the yeah. right people. Yeah got you somewhere. Yeah, most definitely. Like, Daryl was, like, a huge mentor for me because he always helped me understand, like, every single day is a new day, and you got to go as hard as you can. You got to get the most out of your opportunity. So even though I started late, every time I went to a practice, I seized that opportunity. I played hard. I did what the coach was asking me to do, and I just got better. So So you going in there and doing that, um, I'm sure that was rooted in something that was being bought up in your home. Is there something that, yeah, so no, because it's important to see because this, you know, the show is for the parents and the kids. Yeah. What were your parents instilling in you at a young age for you to go in there and and be effective right away? So my mom, 
firsthand. I mean, she might have been one of the strictest moms I've, like ever. <laughs> and she just instilled in me like just being polite, listening to adults. Um, growing up, I had chores. I had to clean up the whole entire house. I was always left home alone, so I had to be responsible. Um, and she used to have like real conversations with me. It wasn't just all stickler, stickler, stickler. She built a real conversation with me, and I mean, built a real relationship with me and had conversations with me. And she used to sit me on the carpet and talk to me about just all aspects of life. And, mm. you know, we had a real, you know, a yeah. real relationship. So, you know, when I went to the outside world, it was easy for me to transition and listen to people and understand what life was about and why I was doing certain things. You know, I was telling you earlier, like, these parents, I think they need to do a better job of just holding their kids accountable and then having a relationship behind it. Yes. And not just either being nice or disciplined, but just having more of a happy meaning medium and spending time with them was yes. very important. So yes. I think that was important. And then my dad played basketball and he was, he's crazy. Like, I love my dad. Like, he's funny, <laughs> crazy. He was hard on me. So I had a good balance, you know, mm -hmm. of both. So somebody that was really pushing me and then somebody that was kind of like understanding and still helped me, held me accountable for certain things. So Yeah, I'm bringing it back to that, the point that you made that parents creating that relationship and yeah. spending time. I think parents mistake taking their kid to practice, talking them about the sport yeah. all the way home and mm -hmm. what they should have done and what they yes. could have did. Yes. That's not really building a relationship. No. Having talks about life mm -hmm. on those car rides yeah. are the probably the most, that's the biggest impact you can have on your kids to show them that they are bigger than this game mm -hmm. in whatever sport they play yeah. and that you care about them and what's really going on in their life because this yeah. is just a game. This could be gone in a mm -hmm. minute. And so, yeah. um, no, I think that's that's super and my, important. And to piggyback off of that, the biggest thing for me is like parents should use basketball as a tool to teach them about, you know, things that are actually going to happen in life. Yes. And not like, well, your coach didn't do this or it didn't. What did you do to control your situation? Do you have a good attitude? Are you doing really what the coach is asking you? Are you asking questions? Like, are you playing as hard as you can? Are you giving 100% effort? And then are you doing the work outside of the practice? that helps translate to what the coach wants you to do. So that's what life is about. And, you know, a success, if you're successful in that, it's going to translate, you know, as they grow and get older. They're not going to be used to blaming this coach because you might not like the coach. You might not like your boss. Right. But you still got to do what you got to do to get the job done. Yes. Right? So that's my biggest thing that I've noticed. And um, usually the kids that are in my program, they're molded that way. And I'm always educating parents as well. Right. And some of them are like, they're so eager to get the kid, kid uh, good so fast, and I'm just like, let them enjoy and like basketball. What if they don't like the sport? What if it's too much for them? Well, the parent likes it though. But the parent, they see the money. Everybody's yeah. going to the NBA. Yeah, like yeah. that. That's what this is about. Is that yeah. education? And I'm glad that you implement yeah, that into what you do. And it's Very like it's at the root of who you are. Yeah. Yourself, so that's dope. Yeah. Um, all right. So from the Cavs, you got middle school basketball. Mm -hmm. um, what was that experience like? Were you guys playing AAU? How yeah. high level were you guys playing at the time? Oh, so I started in seventh grade. I went from being probably the worst player in the team to eighth grade to being the top top three players on the team. And we became like the number one team in California. Um, we got invited before Nike EYBL. We were in the Nike EYBL when Nike first started doing tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, we played in Portland, Oregon. We went to the ch championship and we played against uh, Sebastian Telfair's uh, little brother. We lost to New York Lightning. New York Lightning is now an EYBL team. Right, right. So people don't even know this, but Cavs could have turned 
and it could have been Nike, and Daryl mm -hmm. turned it down because wow. he didn't want to, you know, get all those players. And I know he's had players in the past, AAU Nationals, but that transition where EYBO was starting, we had a chance to do that. And then after high school, our team kind of just broke up. But wow. we were very, very, so very. I was good. like on that made hoops. Like yeah, what made we hoops that, is now. We were on that level. Like we never lost games. Like I have trophies all over my house <laughs> from the participation cast. trophies. No. Oh. First place. Trophies. Okay. So you don't keep <laughs> those, right? No, 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 no. no. All championship I trophies. Make sure. Like we were really good. Like yeah. very good. So who were the other two players that you played with? You say you were um, Jonathan Bell played with us. Chris Yanku. Okay. Yeah. Um, who else? There's uh, Kennedy Edwards. Um, those were like the main the main group mm -hmm. for the most part. Other guys like played football and other like sports as well. But yeah. the point was we were together, we developed together, we knew each other. And oh, Antoine Johnson was there. Okay. Antoine yeah. Johnson played for us. So we were elite. We picked yeah, up full dudes. <laughs> 94 feet. Like really good. Do you still use the stuff that you learned in the cast defensively now today? Oh, of course. It of doesn't course. go away, it right? It doesn't go away. <laughs> the game the game's changed a little bit, but I used the same. Uh, Daryl used to teach defense technique, uh, de defensive techniques. So like guarding the ball, learning how to sprint in front of the ball, staying square with the basketball, um, and then just playing hard. Like really, just play, like I always tell my kids, like my post grad kids, just because you're breathing hard and huffing and puffing, that doesn't mean you're playing hard. <laughs> that means you're out of shape. That right? means you. <laughs> and they think because they're tired, like I am trying, but no, you're not in the right spots at the right time. You know yes. what I mean? Playing hard and smart. So being able to compete and think at the same time, that's mm -hmm. playing hard. Yes. It's like, a, that's why I tell people uh, effort is a mental, physical, and emotional thing. Yes. If you ain't got your emotions in check when yes. you first walk in there, yes. you are not prepared you're to not play. Prepared. You can't give yeah. that effort. If you're mentally not there, like, yeah. like you said, if you're mentally not there, being yeah. in the right spots and yes. thinking with the coaches and, and applying it, mm -hmm. being able to apply it, you're not yeah. giving real effort because yes. attention yes. is effort. And then some kids just play basketball to play basketball. They don't play to win. Mm. Even in a pickup game, they don't, they're not necessarily playing to win. They're playing to hoop. It's yeah. to play basketball. So there's a difference. Players that are playing to win, like winners, and players that are playing to hoop. That's great. I've never thought about it like that. Cause I, yeah. I never I don't care what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I play with my daughter in my house. I dunk on her. Yeah. Like, I am playing to win. Yes. That is crazy. Yeah. Kids, <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> listen that's to a, that. That's a, that's that's a big one for me. Man. Yeah. That's dope. Really big one. Um, so going into high school, so you start mm -hmm. off at Alamany. Mm -hmm. How'd you get connected? Well, I kind of know how you got connected yeah, to Alamany, yeah. the, yeah. the connection Daryl. And yeah, so Trey Meeks re recruited me from the Cavs. You're not allowed to recruit oh, in bad. basketball. Like, it's okay. I, he don't coach no more. Shout know. out Trey Meeks. He was on the show. You're good. I'm messing with him. <laughs> Trey hey. Meeks was recruiting at Alamany. <laughs> love Trey Meeks. Uh, my family loved him, loved his wife, loved everything, what he was about. Um, they wanted to bring in another freshman, Max Gersey. Ah. Uh, um, he was like the top point guard in the area. Mm -hmm. Their AAU team was actually the other team that was good, California Supreme. So yep. it was like Cavs, California Supreme. I think we, I'll, we'll beat them, we beat them, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so I went there, started on varsity. It was the best, one of the best experiences of my life. I only went to public school my whole life. I don't okay. even know anything about private school. I wearing collared shirts. <laughs> so it definitely molded me and matured me. Um, it helped me on the academic side. Um, never struggled academically. Uh, my mom was on me. Every time I got home, two hours of homework, and I got adjusted quick. So I never had problems with academics. I even have a master's now. Uh, always had, uh, my academics were always good. I was supposed to go to TAF, but I didn't go to TAF because my mom thought the school was going to be like ghetto and all. 
whatever the deal is, but it definitely worked out for the best. Like, mm. I had a, we had an amazing year um, as far as like me and Max and our development. I think yeah. we had two other freshmen, but it was it was great to play varsity as a freshman. Yeah, that's big and start. Yeah, in, in, mission the, in the mission league. Let's, that, let's talk about it. I have kids now <laughs> right. who are freshmen in the mission league who yeah. are playing twenty minutes a game and yeah. almost have an attitude about yeah. it. Like. Bro, you and the, the Mission League, yes. outside of, you know, yeah. the, you know, Scholastic Series yeah, yeah. and the grind session, like where the, yeah. you know, yes. those guys are, yes. the Mission League is the top Bro, that's, in the country. And and back then, Mission League, arguably, was who a were the, better. Who were the dudes? Uh, so this is what, 2012-ish? This is 2009. Nine. 2009. Jeez, oh. I feel old, man. <laughs> <laughs> Loyola was good. They had, before Parker Cartwright, we were playing against Milo Cartwright. Yeah. Uh, who was there? Jordan Gathers, and that team was loaded. I don't know if you remember, Shamanad had Jules that was going to Long Beach State. Mm-hmm. Um, Verbin Day was in the Mission League yeah. back then. Um, I'm missing Harvard Westlake. Right, Harvard always Westlake. was always a lead. Had two bigs. They were always good. Um, I think I'm missing one more. Who was? Oh, Crespi was. Dude, Crespi was always good in yeah. basketball because all the football players played basketball and then wow. they would have two guards that two actually played hoopers, basketball yeah. so it was more physical and that was that was a great experience i'm not gonna lie yeah. that, that really that prepared you for that prepared anything, me for right? a lot of things yeah and then you went to another kind of defensively focused coach with yeah, meeks and with so meeks, and that got me on the floor <laughs> that makes sense got me on the floor Man, tell the people because that Defense i think got you got you got introduced to the yeah. game with a defense, hey, we're yeah. gonna play defense, yeah, and that opened up the door for everything yeah. else. Like you said, you weren't even that good, but mm-hmm. because you can lock up, yeah, and then the skills, yes, the skills slowly. Once I got to, once I got to Alameda, that's when I started scoring and getting to the basket. Um, I started getting up and dunking the basketball. Yeah. So, my biggest thing is not only this defense, but defining people with defense is. I tell people all the time, like. You can do your scoring from defense. I would get two or three steals a game. Off the ball skills, on the ball uh, steals, and rebound the basketball. Yes. So those type of things, is they keep you on the floor, and that allows you to develop. You understand what I'm saying? So the more I time you I want to tell you, you this, get, yeah. and it, uh, I hope it doesn't offend you. Yeah. You know you're supposed to be a college coach? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just I, I just want yeah. you to know that, man. You got uh, some you have some jewels in you, and you yeah. have your presence, man. Yeah. Uh, Appreciate hey, man, doc. Sorry to interrupt you. I just had to <laughs> no, tell you that before this you, went to any further. But appreciate go ahead. you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, defense. It's actually helped me as a. This is my first year being a head coach at the post grad program. It's helped me be a be a teacher more than a coach, and yeah. really teach kids the meaning of things. People, anybody shouts out defense, but what does it mean? Do you, you have to break it down in different categories. There's yeah. different parts of defense. There's um, off ball defense. Um, there's on-ball defense. How do you guard the ball? Yep. Like, I'll, I'm specific with my team. Like, my team, we're a great team defensive team. But there's breakdowns when we have to stay in front of the ball. We can't stay in front of the basketball. Yep. Then you have teams that can guard, and they don't understand how to guard off the ball. Yeah. So it's just, it's a lot. There's talking. There's transition defense. Man. It's a post lot. Post defense. Post defense. Yep. Right? All that. Yeah. And it's... nowadays, now that I coach high-level players, you guys already have the the offensive skills, and you already know how to play. Coaches mm-hmm. are looking for the guys that can help you get stops. Unless yes. you're going to be a KD or one of those guys, which is like a 1% chance, less than 1% chance, you better learn how to do other things besides scoring. Yeah. You absolutely. have to. It's very critical. So Absolutely, man. That's dope. And so, yeah. Alamany for two years? For a year and a half. A year and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Yeah. A year and a half. I'll tell, talk about it. 
mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't even think anybody knows this story, but Yanku went to Tav. We played Tav in a, in a summer league game, and I had like 20 points. You know, it was a good summer league game against like Bryce Jones, um, Spencer Dinwiddie. They had a loaded team. Like that team was ridiculous. Yeah. DeAndre Daniels, DeAndre, yeah. Landon was there. Yeah. Um, they had 14 guys that played college basketball. That played college basketball. <laughs> and I had like, Max had a good game. I had a good game. And my dad, the basketball dad, he's like, you got to get out of there, man. You got to get out of there. And I didn't want to leave Alameda. I never wanted to leave. And wow. I'm trying to think. This is Alamany. Oh, they didn't win the state title. No, no. They 12. didn't win state until my senior year. Got it. So I didn't want to leave. And my dad just, he wanted to, he wanted to pull me out. And I, I still think it wasn't the right decision, but it is what it is. Yeah, now yeah. You can't really change right, right, it. Right. But one thing I would say is when I did go to TAF, um, playing with all those players, it's almost like, now it's kind of like ironic. I uh, work for S. You know, I'm a coach at SEA, and it's like the same thing. Like leaving, I don't know, one of your local CIFs, right. and going to SEA. That's basically what I did mm. because the practices are intense every single day. You're playing against high level players every single day. My exposure automatically just went skyrocket yeah. out of nowhere. I was a main player. <laughs> it wow. was crazy. And um, so you went for the first semester, and then you transferred. Did so, you? And you had to sit out. Yeah, I had to sit out the whole year. Got and it. then we, you know, that was the whole deal when everybody played JV. Oh, you, DeAndre, and Bryce, right? No, no. Or, DeAndre and Bryce played JV the year before. Oh, that was the year before. And got then it. And they got okay. us. Derek had a whole thing going. So then he had me doing the <laughs> JV thing. We went undefeated. It was a whole. It was right. fun. And then we practiced against the. It was. It was a time of my life. Like playing with all those players every single day. It made me love basketball more. Mm. So it did bring even more love to the game because. That was during the time, I know everybody has, there's all these content companies now, but that was the time Baller's Life was blowing up. Gotcha. It just started during that time. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you started playing varsity there, who mm-hmm. were your teammates at TAF? Um, my teammates at TAF were Spencer, Dinwiddie, um, CJ Blackwell, Kyrie Williams, um, Stephen Maxwell, yeah. Chris Yonku, um, Michael Thomas, who was younger than us. Um, am I missing? He, he works at Core now. He works, oh, he works <laughs> yeah. at Core now. Yeah, so he, he does our strength and conditioning. He was, yeah. just a, uh, he was as a coach at Hawaii uh, yeah. that past year. So, man, we had loaded talent. And then we had some young, a lot of young guys. They were right. uh, talented as well. So um, it was just a great program to be a part of. Yeah. You know? And so throughout the, uh, I know this is all integrated because mm-hmm. it's high school. So what were you doing for AAU in high school at the time? So at the time, during that time, I used to play for Rockfish. I played okay, independent yeah. for Rockfish. And um, those are my guys. He, the, the, my coach is, um, my coach at Rockfish is um, the head coach at Pacific Christian, Jeff. Oh, Jeff Berkow. Yeah. Okay, so that yeah. was my coach in high school. He coached, Jeff needs you on the show. Yeah. 15s and 16s, that was my coach. The best, I can honestly say, it's between him and Jay Hart, but he's like the best coach I've ever had. He instilled a lot of confidence in me. And he just made me that gritty guard that, that defend and also can attack off the dribble. And he helped me a lot. I love that dude. Like, love yeah. him. Love he had him a lot that. of great coaches. So yeah. when you first went to Taft, you had Derek. Yeah. And then when you actually, that's when he went to Bosco. Yeah. And then Then I got Jay, Jay Hart. Hart. And then Jay Hart changed my life. Like, Jay Hart was, he's, he's the guy. Like, I'm not surprised he is where he is now. Mm-hmm. Um, dating that that was his first head coach job when he first got into coaching. So, I mean, 
Jay Hart is that guy. Man. Talk about what 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 did so you had great coaches mm-hmm. leading up to Jay Hart. Yeah. What was the thing that Jay Hart that made him so special in your uh, you know your journey? Because I finally got to a point where I was a good basketball player. You probably couldn't tell me anything, <laughs> right? Um, and I felt like it was about to be my senior year. Um, I wanted to win city. We all we all thought we were good. Uh, we would just whip on every team in the valley. But when Jason got, got Hart got there, he really emphasized on like working on your game and mm. being in the gym and just having more like um, how do I explain it? More integrity for the game, not coming in and just BSing what it really means to work. You understand what I'm saying? And yes. what I mean by that is like everything matters from when we, how we run our plays. Um, you know, how you bring your team together, the energy you have in practice, talking in practice. That was the big thing, talking in practice, uh, being a talker. Um, and he just elevated us, and he challenged us every single day. Mm. And he would talk mess about our games. <laughs> he would, he would, ta- he would trash talk us all the time, dude. Like, he would say all type of stuff, it's things that I can't say. But he's... <laughs> He's like no, he's he's an t- NBA G League coach for a reason. And he even made me love the game even more because I was like, man, I'm not I'm not that. I'm gonna show you that I, that I'm, I'm a guy, you know. And I always fill in the to, blank. So I always went in there trying to prove myself to him mm-hmm. and be like, yo. And that's the approach I feel like kids are missing these days. Like they don't have that approach. You should be trying to prove you. You haven't earned anything. And yes. that's what I learned from Jay Hart. I said. I haven't learned anything. And one day, I think we were all just acting like, you know, like ass kids and cocky. And one day, he challenged me one-on-one. How'd that go for you? It went really bad. <laughs> and he just posted me up. He hit, hit me, he hit, hit me in the post. He went two hard dribbles, middle, right hooks. Two hard dribbles, middle, turnaround jumper. And I couldn't believe it. Because I thought, you know, you know, as kids, you're like, this right. guy's not good. Can't right. mess with me, and I'm thinking because I got bounce, and I'm like, you know. But he played in the league for ten years. But he played in the league for ten years, <laughs> and he he was kicking our ass in practice. Oh man. He would go one on one with Yanku and just go at us and score on us at will. So we were quiet. So you After that, that's it. You got a kind of a reference. I think yeah. it's important. This is a little commercial break from yeah. this your journey and story, mm-hmm. but for coaches to still play the game. Yes. I believe it's so important. I see it. Now, and I understand, mm-hmm. you know, the experience, yeah. but being in shape as a coach yes. and still playing the game because the game is changing and ever-evolving oh year by year almost. Yeah. And so for you to not play and try to coach a kid on something you did 15, 20 years ago yes, is not the same on the court. Not you the go same. out there and do it. You yeah. show me. Yeah. And so us trainers, we have to show, right? The, yes. the good ones, you, you, you see it like show. we're yeah. showing the moves and we yeah. know the details, how your body moves. and. Yeah. Defensive reads and all that, yeah. and I think that's what yeah. probably makes you a great coach because yeah. you still play the still game play as the well. Game. Yeah, I definitely play the game, and being a trainer and being a coach is very, very important because being a coach has helped me as a trainer, yes. and being a trainer has helped me as a coach because as a trainer, you have to be detailed, right? And you have to show them, and you have to tell them, and then you have to say it again, mm-hmm. and then you have to make sure the kids that you're teaching are able to explain it to somebody else. That's being a great teacher. Yes. That's the biggest thing. And then as a coach, I'm like, hmm, now I understand I'm a defensive coach. Okay, if you probably dribble three or four times this way, it's probably not going to work. You need to understand where the help is as an offensive player. That's my biggest thing. Like, guys that play with the ball, I'm like, do you you not see the guy right there and help? (laughs) That's probably going to be a pass. So this having them understanding the floor 
in angles and, and yes. gaps where to drive the basketball and yes. how to play without the basketball. That's one thing as a coach now that in a, translating into being a trainer, I do a lot of how do you play without the ball? Yep. Um, just the way guys just catch and shoot. The game is so easy and simple. Like, it's so easy. It and the more you can do those defensive things, and you want to be that guy, do those defensive things that we talked about earlier in the show, mm -hmm. that will give you more of a window. Yes. To, okay, now maybe I can do a step back dribble it, it maybe one time because... You locked up. But it also, it, it, yeah. you get... You know how to defend, so yeah. when somebody's playing defense on you, you know how to score on them. Yes, and that's what I learned from being. I was yes. the same way. My my coaches taught me how to be a defender. That was the first thing I learned how to yeah. do. It was like very similar story, except yeah. for I didn't, you know, past high school yeah. or junior college or yeah. whatever. I didn't play, but yeah. same thing yeah. as far as that defense is your calling card. Yes. Todd. and yes. that, but that's what took me to even yeah. working out with pros now is that yes. I can play defense on them. Yes, and the natural progression of a trainer. Yeah. That's how, I, that's how I know a good trainer. They yeah. progress and they become a coach. Yeah. Because that's yeah. what naturally happens. If mm -hmm. you are teaching the game and yeah. training and developing the right way, yeah. then you are going to become a coach. Yeah. Phil Handy Definitely. and Chris Johnson like yeah. told me that. Like, yeah, you go, you, There's two ways to do this. Yeah. You either start your own independent business yeah. and continue to train, but you're mm -hmm. still a coach. Yeah. Or you go into you know, college yeah, yeah. and the league yeah. and you, you end transition. up being a coach. You're going yeah. to transition up because mm -hmm. it's a natural progression if yeah. you're growing. Yes. So for those... People who are still just skills training, yeah. Hey, really think about what you're doing, like, yeah. and and it's in, in love, like, yeah. hey, are you getting better? Yeah. If you're still doing the same stuff you was teaching five yeah. years ago, are you yeah. getting better? So, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. No. Um, dope. So end up winning the city league title two years. Two years with Derek and Jay Hart. Man. So two years in a row. I think we were the first. Me and Chris Yanku and Brandon Perry. Mm -hmm. We were the first three to ever do that. So. I can always say that. My name is on there twice. <laughs> Heard that. Hey, get your money. Uh, get your money. Twice. Get your money. Um, so college recruitment. How did that go yeah. in high school? What was that like for you? So early in my in my early on in my senior year, I was being recruited by a lot of big West schools. Um, I was getting recruited by basically a lot of mid majors. Didn't make you it. did that without playing on a big circuit. You were on rock. No, 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 no. Ah, so oh. I, mi I missed the Rewind. whole. So. <laughs> I left Rockridge, Rockridge okay. and I went to the first Under Armour shoe circuit ah. with uh, ICANN All-Stars. Okay. Yep. And that was the first time Under Armour had started their circuit. Uh, we were sponsored by like Brandon Jennings. We had all these shoes. And when I went on the circuit, I actually started getting recruited. Like, Got it. A whole bunch of mid-majors. Um, I think my, the issue with my recruitment and the early signing was classes at TAF. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because... You need all these core classes, and that's another thing I want to talk to. I mean, I'm pretty sure the guys have it down now, and parents have it down now, but back then, it was hard to, at TAB, to get the right classes that you needed for college. No, it still so, happens. So oh, it's still about, happening now. Oh, it okay. still happens. Okay, so this is very important. I never had bad grades. I don't have Fs or Ds or Cs, but I didn't have core classes I was taking. They had put me in, like, classes that didn't count towards college. Mm -hmm. So when I was getting recruited... They were asking me for my transcripts and stuff, and I was missing like two core classes. So wow. in the second semester of TAF, I ended up taking a zero period and a seventh period Dang. just to be eligible for the NCAA. And, th and then two of my classes from Alamany didn't transfer over because it was a religious class. Mm -hmm. So that's the nope. reason why recruitment kind of dried up a little bit. But I will always get calls from like uh, Sacramento State, um, Santa Barbara was on me heavy, and then Riverside, of course. Yeah. Dennis Cutts recruited me that whole entire year. Like, 
there. I knew I was going to go there for okay. the most part. But the reason why I didn't commit early because I, I, I truly wanted to go to JUCO. Hmm. I really wanted to go to a JUCO. And I tell kids all now, JUCO is not bad. Right. You actually get better. Why, didn't you, why did you want to go to a JUCO? Okay, I wanted to go to a national JUCO because I felt like um, I wanted to go to a high major school mm-hmm. and I, need, I wanted more time to develop because I started playing basketball so late and everything started happening so fast. I wanted to wait to be able to choose a school I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. But the deciding factor was UC Riverside was a good degree to get. Yep. And I really built a good relationship with Dennis Cutts. And there were seven freshmen that were going in. So I felt like it was open window for me to go in and flourish. Oh, that's and a great opportunity. So that's why I took took that route it's good that you saw all that right and yeah. you just didn't just jump into no. it. it's like oh he's recruiting me let yeah. me go here but you yeah. saw that the opportunity it made sense 100 and yeah. speaking back to um the academic piece parents you go on the mm-hmm. ncaa's website and check with your high school to see yeah. what classes yeah. are qualified for your core ncaa classes to make sure they're taking the right ones yeah your college counselors and advisors mm-hmm. should be doing this yeah um i'm gonna say this the right way i know in most private schools, they have somebody who is mm-hmm. done doing that specifically. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about public schools, but yeah. my experience is, is that sometimes in those public schools, some yeah. of those things slip through the cracks because yes. of the number of students they have. So mm-hmm. parents, regardless of you're in public, private school, wherever you're at, make sure your kid is taking the core classes needed to be NCAA eligible. This has been brought to you by the basketball firm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cool. Um, so there you go. So you did yeah. you you did go on the circuit. And you saw a difference from playing yeah. with Rockfish, an independent team, high level, great high basketball. Level. Yeah. Like Rockfish is still rocking. Like yeah. we still send kids there to go develop yeah. um, to a circuit team. Mm-hmm. And you saw an immediate difference. Immediate difference. What 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 would you say the top three different differentiators in independent versus circuit? Um, the difference is the exposure to college coaches, of course, right? But there's a contrary to this. Independence better hmm. for these reasons. I think I've seen a quote Dane put. He said, be where you can dominate. Go where you can dominate. And if you can dominate on the independent circuit and get film and, and floors, yeah. stay there. Right? Yep. But if you want an opportunity to get more exposure, of course, go to a shoe, shoe circuit. But you should start independent unless you're just a guy. Got it. Now, once you get on the shoe circuit, my thing of it is, you're going to play against top players and whatever. When that game happens, you have to play on. well. You got to be on. Yep. You have to be ready to play. Yep. And through my experience, um, it was very up and down. Um, sometimes we'll play good. Sometimes we'll play bad. And I'll never forget this. Back then, they allowed Under Armour, Nike, and Adidas to play in these same tournaments, yep. like duels. And we had to play a mixture of the New Jersey players, Mocan, and I think it was like St. Louis, whatever the St. Louis EYBL team was, right? That first game, we played New Jersey players. I think they had like Kyle Anderson, a whole bunch of guys, like those <laughs> Kyle Anderson's team. I mean, they blitzed us. Yeah. Like, they were playing at such a different speed and level of athleticism that you almost couldn't make a mistake. You couldn't afford to miss a shot or take a bad shot. Wow. And, you know, they would just they would be out on the break. And I remember one moment, and this I always translate my experiences to kids now. Yep. If you're six three and under, and you think that you can just shoot and do, you have to do a lot of things. I remember trying to guard Kyle Anderson in the post, and I couldn't guard him. Right. There was nothing I can do. 
and he was posting <laughs> us and he was scoring on us and they, they were elite. J.R. Smith's going crazy on the sideline because I think he was sponsoring the team. And I remember Rock telling us, like, you really got to be a dog. We weren't dogs that game. Mm. We didn't do everything it took to try to win that game. We went out there like we were players. Mm. And that made me realize, like, this basketball game is very, very, very hard. Like, you really have to be, not only you have to prepare, but when you get in the game, you have to be the ultimate competitor. And that's yeah, the yeah. biggest thing that kills me when I watch some of these kids in high school basketball. They're not competing hard enough. Yeah. They act like they've already, they've made, they've already, they're entitled to something. When they're not, they're not realizing like there's about 40 other guys on the other side of the country. Yeah. They probably, if they saw you with them, you probably wouldn't even. That's how the they're going to pay for their life. Like, yeah. That's the thing, I, especially in the valley. Like, yeah. right, we got a lot of kids in private school, yeah. and I know there's families who do and don't yeah. have. Yeah. But a lot of these kids, like basketball, mm -hmm. is like, oh, this is something I could do. Where. <laughs> yeah. On. In other places, yeah. it's like, no, this is what I have to do. Have That's to how do. they play. That's what I have to do. So the second game, we played Mo Can, and Mo Can's huge now, which is crazy. Like, yeah. I, sometimes <laughs> I'd be tripping out like, wow, I was, I didn't realize that I was even playing at the UYBL before yeah. it even started, but mm -hmm. we played against Mo Can, and that, I had one of my best games. And that's mm -hmm. when I first started getting recruited by Riverside, Long Beach State, nice. and... I understood what that level was really about. Even with that, like I was exhausted after the game. <laughs> I was picking up full. I was doing everything it took. You yeah, know, exactly. You know, to the make dog, sure that dog. I was, you know, my presence was felt. And winning matters too. You can't be a loser. Yeah. We got blown up by that team, and then we lost to Mocan in overtime. So we were competing. Coaches want to see a game that's competitive. Yeah. So that's a, that's another thing that kind of like transitions and translates. Like you got to be a winner. Yeah. If your team's not winning. You, you got to figure something out yeah, here first, yes. and then you got to also empower your teammates before you try to blame the coach. He doesn't play basketball. It's the players on the floor. Man, talk, <laughs> talk to him. This is coming from somebody who played, yeah, and played at a high level. Played at a high level, and now you're coaching. And yeah, this is this is man, that's jewels, man, yeah. straight jewels. You decide on UCR, yeah. Um, and so, how are your four years there, man? Very. Um, how do I explain? Um, it was great for the most part, really mm -hmm. great. But uh, this such a learning experience on just life. I had the time of my life there. Uh, the first thing I would say, it's a UC school, so academically it was very challenging at first. Mm -hmm. I think that was my biggest adjustment, going from TAV <laughs> to UC Riverside. Right. Like the homework was insane, but the first year I had to really learn like some discipline, study habits, and once I got a flow. Um, everything kind of worked out. My first year, um, I always talk about this with my kids. When I went in, I was the last freshman to sign. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, you know, you go through September and October and then you have your first scrimmage. I played so hard and so good, I started the first scrimmage. Mm. Started. The mm -hmm. first game, I was the first one sub off the bench with seven freshmen. So everything that, you know, from middle school to high school, all the things we're talking about, I did yeah. those things and it, it works. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. So there's a blueprint to this. There's a blueprint. So the next year I end up starting, um, I think I started like half of the year and then I became a basically damn near a four year starter at UC Riverside. And our third year, we won 17 games. Our, uh, my last year we won about 17 games and those were like second, third most wins in the, in the in the school history and right. um, never make a tournament in IT. Never made the anything. tournament. How Always far got, did you guys get in the 
quarterfinals. We didn't yeah. do. We, I mean, we didn't. I, it wasn't like a. We never won too much, but it was a great experience. Played yeah. against UCLA. Um, like we we won won big games, lost lost tight games. You know, I had a full Division One experience. Yeah. Um, but we never made it that far. But I played with high level high high level players, and I played with high level players that were in the league. Played against them. Yeah. Like Hawaii was really good at the time. We up. That's a there's there's a good highlight. Hawaii was favorite, I think, twenty one points. We upset Hawaii. Was this when Mike Thomas was this there? This was Mike Thomas was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we upset them. They were up. They were favorite twenty one points, and they were a tournament team. We upset them. Um, I think we beat we beat UC Rivers, uh, UC Irvine a couple times with Mamadou, but um, that league was super tough back then. Yeah, really tough. UC Davis was really good for one year, yeah. um, so. This was a great experience. Oh, no, man, you got to great, play great Division experience. One basketball in yeah. Southern California. Hey, in Riverside Southern... is still Southern California. Don't, yeah. don't sleep in IE. I'm yeah, from Corona. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, don't yeah. Sleep. Oh, and during that, I'll tell you why that experience was great, too. During that time, in the off-season, that IE area of Hoopers was very, very elite. Crazy. I want to talk about that. Talk about Please because do. Let's, let's highlight the IE. I remember we used to have runs at Riverside. We had to have runs at, um, there's a Corona gym. I forgot what the gym was called. Um, first place complex, or not first place, it's some complex. Um, I know what you're talking about. Compton Magic after... used to little tournaments there. So yeah. we used to have all, always have these runs, like super elite runs. Like Mike Caffey used to be there. Um, and then the Mellow Ball, the, the, the Ball Brothers started coming. Mm-hmm. And when I say like it was elite, I knew LaMelo was going to be LaMelo. I was telling people LaMelo is that guy. He was like my favorite player to like play with and play against. But mm. those runs are so elite. I had a great time. This, the basketball in that area, um, the people that I met during that time, are in my life till this day. So I, I want to shout out Cliff. Mm. So there's a trainer there at Cliff. He used to train me in college. He taught me how to how to train, because I used to train with him. So a lot of things I learned were from him, mm. necessarily. Um, Cliff now works with J Law. He works in J Law's gym. Okay. Now, but okay. yeah, he's he. Me and him were super tight. Um, and then um, the head coach, the assistant coach, is now the coach at Justin Bell at Santa Margarita at okay. Riverside. And then our other assistant, Keith, is the head coach at J Sarah. So it's wow. like a full circle. Like even with that that whole entire group, um, I trained um, Jalen Bland and Taylor Johns, who play overseas, yep. and played on my team. Yeah. Um, what else? That whole team, we all got like some type of synergy. No, I brought no. Chance Murray there. I don't know if you guys know who Chance Murray. No, I know the name. Yeah, he yeah. came there um, a year after. But um, tons of friends built a like people. People talk about this going to college and playing basketball. I got so much off the court from that school. The networking. I tell the networking. I tell people. The uh, my coach. He he's the one that put me in the master's program to help me get my master's after that. Um, and then this the friend group that I have there. We're still friends to this day. I have a whole group group chat of guys. That that's we so just, dope. So no, that's I think it's important. They all have something to do with basketball yes. and probably doing different walks of Dif- life. Different walks of life. Connect and it all. my first job after basketball was with Uber Technologies. I became a, a manager in a corporate business at Uber, um, was through a connection from UC Riverside, which is. That has nothing to do with basketball. Right. So before basketball, cool. I was I already had a career. Before I started coaching and doing all this, I mm-hmm. worked at Uber for three years, and I was a corporate manager. Wow. Yeah. What, what kind of, were you doing any basketball? Or were you just hooping in rec well, leagues? I or? Did, well, I, I was hooping rec leagues, and then I 
eventually got into this whole training thing. <laughs> this whole training <laughs> this thing, whole right? This whole training thing. So, yeah, uh, that's actually one thing I wanted to pinpoint because kids, they think that they have to go to go to college and go overseas. And it's like there's other things that they can happen in those realms because everybody's yes. trying to reach something. You're around good people. Right. So that's the point of going to college. Right. And it's the same discipline, focus, mm -hmm. and every hard work that yeah. you put in through basketball yeah. that granted you those opportunities to work yeah. in a technology company. Yes. Right, very, right out of college. Right I'm sure college. the pay was pretty dope coming yes. straight out of college. It was very, it was and very, um, yeah. being able to transition that, and, mm -hmm. and st you still came back to hoop at the end of the day. It's passion, man. <laughs> a whole lot of heart. Yes, absolutely. A lot of that's passion. so dope. So you, I'm gonna go back to Cliff. Okay. Because that I, I think that's what fire started. Who yeah. you kind of are today with yeah. training, and so yeah. what was it about how he taught or um, what he brought to your game mm -hmm. and that experience that. Yeah. You know, so I feel like in high school, nobody like really trained like that. But when I got to college, training became like a more of a popular thing. And he was one of the first trainers that I had been exposed to. Mm -hmm. um, he trained a lot of guys in the IE area. So just just being able to handle the ball, footwork, um, learning how to keep your pivot alive, two dribble pull ups, um, just learn how to play off the bounce really well. Mm -hmm. So. Um, that 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 urged me to to teach the game in that way, and of course I picked up different other components. But I trained with him, and I got so much better in college. That's when I started getting really actually good at basketball. I got good too late. I feel like late bloomer, yeah, late bloomer. And um, that's the time to be good. Like you said, yeah. you're a dang near four year starter. Yeah, hey. it happens. And then that's when you know injuries start happening. I think the, my best year was my junior year, and I had ended up breaking my foot the last quarter of the season, so I ended up missing. If I would have played, that team was actually really good. Um, I don't know if you've seen that highlight on Riverside when Mamadou got dunked on, the 7-6 guy. Yes. That was our team. Hmm. Taylor Johns dunked on him yes. in the tournament. And, um, and Jalen was on that team, too. Jalen yes. Bland was on yeah, that team, yeah. too. So that team was super elite, and I got injured late in that season, broke my foot. So Man. Did that mess with you mentally or at all? How did you over, you know, overcoming injury um, and all that? I thought it wasn't going to mess with me mentally, but it actually did. Mm. Because, you know, trying to get back to where you were is really hard. And when you don't feel that way, you don't play that way. So just working through that was, it was tough. What, what, what <coughs> helped you get through it? Um, the biggest things that helped me get through that was just, to be honest with you, just getting in the gym and understanding your body. Mm-hmm. Because if you understand your body and how to heal your body and start putting better things in your body, um, it actually helps you perform better. And it actually, it actually elongates you throughout the season. So I learned a lot of things late, but maybe it was for a purpose so I can... It's for who you are now. Makes you who you are now. Yeah. So I, even with my team right now, we stretch for like 20 minutes. As we should. We do mobility stretching. We do recovery. Yes. Um, right now, our kids have 12 days off. That's important too, coaches. Give your give your kids some days off yeah. to reset not just their bodies but their minds mentally. Yeah. So, um, very important those things. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. So from tech job to trainer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what what it was was once I got into the corporate world, um, you know, you're dealing with like real life people. People there. I'm a basketball player, I guess. So mm -hmm. I'm not used to dealing with people you would be in class with. I'm working with them now, right? Yes. Um, your everyday people. And it was a good learning experience, but 
I wasn't very passionate about it, right? Right, right. Just something that came natural. And um, on the side, I wanted to start training. And um, I want to say, well, Eddie, I'll be honest, I have, to, I have to tell the truth. Eddie was the guy that used to try to get me to Dune City. Eddie Cruz. Eddie Cruz. Is that Eddie's last name? Yeah, Eddie. Eddie, uh, Paul George, Eddie. Yes. 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 Okay. So yep. Eddie used to try to get me to the gym. I'm like, man, I'm not listening to this guy. Like, whatever. So um, he just kept bugging me and bugging <laughs> me. So I want you to come train. So I ended up going over there. And he had me run, like, some training groups. And instantly I just, like, I got to do this, man. Like, this, <laughs> this, is, this is too fun. And it's easy and natural. Yeah. So I started building a relationship with the guys in the gym. And... Um, before you knew it, I had my own little group, my little team that I used to coach out of Dune City. And then they were giving me hours to train. Mel would give me hours to train. I don't know, Coco's dad. Yep, I don't know, yep. He used to give me hours to train there. So uh, my first client ever, when I announced it on, I put it on my Instagram, was guess who? Jason Hart's son. Uh, so little Jason will be, was my first client, and I started training Jason, and then other people will start hitting me up. And before you knew it, I had like 10, 15 kids that I was just training in. Crazy how gym. fast it grows, And it just right? happened fast. <laughs> um, so then, you know, um, I think the pandemic had just happened. And when the pandemic happened, I was a product of them doing all these layoffs. And I said, well, I'm just going to do basketball full time then. Wow. And I, that whole pandemic, I had access to the gym, I want to say that whole entire time. And... You weren't supposed to be in the gym. I'm, I'm telling. Wasn't, no, I'm wasn't supposed to be in the <laughs> <Nah>. gym, right? <laughs> I was in the gym too. Yeah. Uh, no, that's dope. So I had Man, access. That's dope. Yeah. I had access to all that time and, you know, I had a lot of clients that came in my it did, it happened so fast that I didn't have an outside life. Mm. I had to sacrifice. Yeah. I mean it was pandemic. You couldn't go nowhere. I stayed in the gym all day, every day, and I did it for about six or seven months where my man Travis Nichols ended up giving me a call. He called me the first time, he said you want to do a, this prep school? I'm, I'm, you know, he was telling me all about it. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I work at TAF because I wanted to go coach at TAF at that point, mm -hmm. you know, after doing all that training. And then once I found out that TAF wasn't going to have their season, I was, he called me again and we made an agreement. Um, he had me go meet Julius at the gym. And it was a done deal after that. Been been there since, man. Yeah. That was I mean, what five years ago. Four years ago. Four years so ago. This is my fourth year, at SCA. Man. And that's, that's when cool. it just started. Right. Literally from the sand. Yep. yep. Literally from no, the sand. I was there, so you know, Travis was with me at yeah, Ford I know, forever. I know. He, he ended up SCA, telling me that story. Yep. Yeah. I think we actually spoke about you mm -hmm. before. SCA, really? like, yo, do you see, like, yeah. who's that cat? <laughs> like, yo, he out here, and he, we, you know, you could tell yeah. by the work, like, oh, mm -hmm. he know what he's doing out here. Yeah. And I think, man, I think I must have been in Dune City one time. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was doing there, yeah. but I seen you train too, yeah. and I'm like, okay, yeah. like he got it. Like, yeah. yeah. Th so that's so <laughs> dope, like full circle. It's a full circle thing, man. So. And so ever since then, man, like, oh no, I trained with Steve Jones. Oh, dope. Like yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like, and because yeah. we, I think we probably have. We don't even know. We probably have mutual kids that we've trained. Yeah, probably. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Zach Broaddus. Uh, oh, yeah. Zach Broaddus. Oh, Zach is so one I've, of I've my had, Zach was on one of my first. No, his older brother was on the first team I, I coached first. at Shepherd Sports. I trained him first. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Yep, little Greg. I trained him first. And that's how I got Zach. There you go. So, no. That's small crazy. world. Him. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch. All these little kids yeah. now. Um, and so, man, love your work. Yeah. Love what you Appreciate do, man. You, you can tell, you know. You tell you know what you're doing because yeah. it's 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 applicable to the game. Game, yeah. 
That's, and that's what's most important. What would you tell a trainer who's just starting off, right? Somebody, now, I'm going to be more specific. Yeah. A former Division One player who's trying yeah. to get into the development game, what, yeah. would, you, what would you tell them? Um, make it about the kids. And my biggest thing, my brand is called the Jones Way. I don't mean it to be really called the Jones Way. Now my AAU team's called Build Your Way. It's about the kids. Mm-hmm. And make it about them like really take your time to make sure they're getting better like take it start from the basic fundamentals from passing pivots finishing and then build your way up because if they're not getting better and you're just showcasing i don't know if it's move i don't understand you know people say trainers are doing i'm not into all that i'm really not Mm. like you know like criticizing other people's training right but my advice would be to really teach like the fundamentals. Like, can I can I uh, ask a favor? Start yeah. criticizing other people's training. <laughs> okay. this, no, this is what this is about, yeah. man. Yeah. I bring real people on this show who mm-hmm. are doing it for real because yeah. there's so many bad yeah. trainers out there. Yeah. And f- like you're lying to these kids yeah. who have dreams of doing something with yeah. their lives. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying stop training. I'm yeah. saying go get the information from people yeah. who know what they're doing because I'm yeah. an open book. You yeah. want to say, hey, I'll show you how I train. Yeah. It's because the OGs did it yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm sure you would do the same. Okay, let me say this. And I think about this often because I don't I don't like to get into the whole like because there's people that criticize me for for my training. And I be yeah. it's it is what it is. When I see something, I don't want to judge it so quick because I don't understand I'm not understanding why they're teaching it and what pieces are they missing. Because they're mm-hmm. trying to do the right thing. I feel that way. Okay. They're trying to help the kids. Good intentions. And at the end of the day, I feel like the kids are in the gym and they're getting some type of reps. That's my that's my take. Then I my, like it. So I my second it. part of it is, it makes it easier for me to take your kid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm gonna show you how it's really done. Facts. Now, criticizing here, like it's it's hard. It's, I'm not gonna say criticize. Yeah. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. Yes. Speak the truth. That's it. And, I'm, yes. and so what I do is this: yeah. is say, hey. Come see a session with me. Yeah. Like you said, that's yeah. what you do. Like, hey, mm-hmm. come see a session with me. I'm not saying your trainer's wrong yeah. or doing the, Yeah. But soon enough, yeah. Yeah. Like it it has to be known. Yeah. And, I understand. And, and you could do it in a respectful way. Yeah. I'm saying, hey, yeah. I'm here to help you. Yeah. I'm not saying, yo, don't go to that dude, he's a clown. Yeah. yeah. Let me actually show you how to do this yeah. to help people. Yeah. And I'm gonna show you how to make money and run yeah. a business. Yes. hundred percent. Now, one thing I would say is what I was gonna continue to say too was when you're trying to tell somebody that was a former Division One basketball player, the first thing they're thinking is money, right? Yep. And they have to understand, like, you have to, you're, you're no longer a player anymore. You're a coach. So you're starting back here. Mm-hmm. Yes, your resume stacks that, so that may lift you up a little bit, but you have to put the time in. Yeah. And what I would say is, I, I told Travis this, like, I want to say like a month ago, I said, I honestly can say, because Nipsey Hustle, or they say like it takes 10,000 hours to master a craft. I really can say like I put over 10,000 hours into the craft mm-hmm. because you're going to make mistakes. Yep. Put 10,000 hours plus in and then go from there. If you yeah. can't get it after 10,000 hours, it's just not for you. Right. I can almost remember the moment yeah. I felt like I got my 10,000 hours. Yeah. I was training, I think I was training Sky Clark at the time. Yeah. And something just clicked. Yeah. Like... Oh, I know what the heck I'm, I'm doing. doing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like all these years being in the gym mm-hmm. with pros and yeah. all this stuff and other yeah. trainers. And I was like, one one day mm-hmm. I was showing him some stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, 
so Scott, everybody knows Scott. Scott trained with everybody. Like yeah. he, he is a gym rat. Yeah. You know, if somebody gym got rat. a gym open, he about he's to go. Yeah. And so he's trained with everybody. So mm-hmm. I'm like, man, if I, it was like this moment, like I showed him something nobody showed him before. Yeah. yeah. Hey. Yeah. And, <laughs> and to tell you where I, where I kind of like popped my cherry was that first year at SCA. I was in the gym with Travis, mm. Julius, mm. and Dash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Three different styles, but all and and Mark Edwards. Oh gosh! So, my foundation was that for a whole entire like six, seven months. I see Mark Edwards do Jalen Green's pre-drive, while I'm training on the side. Dash is on this rim. Julius is coming in next. I mean, yeah. (laughs) You better be prepared to have make sure your shit is you know make sure your you know your craft is right. But I was doing it so much. Yes. I just and I loved it so much. And I was yeah. in it so much that it just came so natural and easy for me. So, um, but I'll never forget that year, that pandemic year where I trained and then I was in the gym with all those guys. And, you know, you, we were in the gym more than usual because there was no school because right. of, of uh, COVID. Yep. So um, that was a very critical time of growth. Like it, it almost like flip-flopped me into a whole nother world. I literally went from being in a corporate world to my own business. And to now coach business and then streaming into the AAU, uh, AAU scene. So it happened very, 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 very quick. Yeah. yeah. I want you to know something about your name. I yeah. always thought mm-hmm. you were talking about, it always, I always took it this yeah. way because you said, you know, it's about the kids and yeah. it's your name. Yeah. I always thought about you were talking about like a basketball Jones. And yeah. that's why and I that always was, connected. No, that was, that's the connection. And it is that. Okay. So I was it like, when that, you say yeah. the Jones way, you're talking about the for the love of the game way, not. No, it's for the love of the game way. And yeah. it so happened to be my last name. Okay. That was I was the whole, de- that's definitely the whole thing. But I also like to tell tell people, like, make sure that you don't make it about yes. you. Like, you're one person. Like, make it about the game and maybe the knowledge you have to give. But, like, don't make it about yes. you. That was my, so like, it's the gift and the curse, right? Yeah. So this is where. I made the biggest mistake, but mm-hmm. it was for the right right intentions, yeah. right? Is that I I never posted anything, yeah. and I have this program that yeah. literally is the prototype for all yeah. these schools out here now, yeah. right? And so I never posted anything, and yeah. I had Johnny Juzang, Taryn yeah. Frank, Dylan yeah. Depina. I saw Slager. you guys do like a uh, what do you call it? alumni? I was like, you guys have guys. The thing is fire, right? <laughs> oh my god! And like it was like. Seriously, I had mm-hmm. all these guys the first years. Yeah. I got video. Yeah. I got everything. Yeah. And Travis kept on telling me, yo, we got to record, record this. We got to record. I'm like, nah, man, I'm not about that. I yeah. want to be about these kids. Yeah. And it's like the gift and the curse of like, yeah. man, if I would have been doing yeah. what I was on, I started Instagram, had the same amount of followers, J-Law and yeah. Drew Hanlon when yeah. I first started. And I was posting stuff. This yeah. is years ago. Yeah. And I stopped. Yeah. And now what they're able to do, yeah. the reach they're able to yeah. have, because the focus is still on other people. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't decide to do this till like two years ago. Yeah. Where now I'm doing this is like, mm-hmm. and it's not about me. It's about you. Yeah. But we're still talking about this game, game. and we're giving education and yeah. it's for the kids. Yeah. It's different if I was doing this for me because yeah. we see people out there and know this is, it's okay if you yeah. do this. Yeah. Is that it's about them so they yeah. can make their bag. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine cool too. For them. No, that's right. Cool. And for yeah. me and my, you know, what I do, mm-hmm. I want it to always direct yeah. back towards helping people. Yeah, most and definitely. So, yeah. No, so I, so yeah. trainers have your media and get everything, get your content. Yeah, but make sure you're really helping guys. That's it. Like that's it. it helping guys can mean anything. Like just connecting them to high schools. Like parents yes. just call me like, what high school should I go to? 
I have a whole business. So <laughs> this is what, so here I'm, I'm going to break this because it's going to happen at the top of the year anyway, yeah. is that this is what all this is about is yeah. that I'm starting a consulting side. It's, gonna yeah. call, it's called the basketball firm where we yeah. help you with the blueprint. Yeah. And it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me training you and yeah. none of that. I want to yeah. connect you with Steve. Yeah. I want to connect you with his AAU team. Yeah. I want to connect you to SCA yeah. because yeah. that's the journey that you need. Yeah. I, I've done it because I had all these top middle schoolers. Yeah. Is, I've always, or middle schoolers in general, I mm-hmm. connect them to high schools. Yeah. I connect you to AAU teams yeah. where it's best fit for you. Yeah. I have no ties to anybody. Yeah. I'm Switzerland in this because yeah. through my years, God's blessed me through my journey mm-hmm. to know the path, mm-hmm. the pathway. Yeah. And so that's what this is all about is yeah. to be a consultant, but it's not, it's going to connect everybody yeah. in this community to do what's best for these kids yeah. and for us to get out of the way, for the parents to yeah. get out, out of the, the way. way. Yes. <laughs> oh, they don't even understand. They, uh. they don't. And, and parents, it's not because we don't think you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. even though you don't. Is <laughs> 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 that we do know because yeah. yeah. we're not at your job, executive, mm-hmm. doing your job. Yeah. We're not in the doctor's office, mm-hmm. you know, prescribing medicine. Yeah. We are, we've been along this journey and we've helped people along this journey. Yeah. And we do have, there's a blueprint. There's a yeah. way that you do this that I, is successful for most. Yeah. Now, you got outliers. You got mm-hmm. the, the LeVar ball way. Yeah. Hey, that happens too. And yeah. if you want to try that, cool, more power yeah. to you. Yeah. But most of the kids journey one way. Yeah. And there's a right way to there's do it. There's a right way to do it. I like, I like that you, that you're starting that and doing that because the other thing I was going to say was for the coaches. Yes. Here's the thing. I, I told my, I, forgot, I told this to Ice, one of my assistant trainers. I said, you know what's crazy? As a regular human being, if our phone messes up, we're going to like, this Apple phone or this, like everybody's going to have a complaint. Everybody's going to talk about their barber or they're going to talk about something in society that doesn't go their way. And when you're a coach, things are just not going to go the right way parent somebody's going to complain as a coach you got to be able to handle that too yes. you can't be uh the coach of this i'm not i don't talk to parents no you do have to talk to the parents part you of do the have to build a relationship and they have to know who you are mm-hmm. and where you're coming from and where your intentions are coming from um so as coaches control what we can control and let's make sure and i know there's some there's some ungrateful <laughs> disrespectful parents out there, but I've been disrespected by parents and I've still been cool with them because guess what? I think they just don't know better. Right. And maybe I'll just have a conversation like, hey, this is what I was seeing and I apologize. You know what? I apologize. We'll we'll change that because that's the same thing with Apple. Like, they're going to mess up. Something's not going to go right. They're going to send you an email and apologize. You're still going to use the product. Yes. So if you look at it from that context, I feel like that can help us help the parents as well just as coaches. That's one thing I've taken uh, more charge of in the, in the last year or so because at first I was like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. But I'm like, I'm getting the same results. Maybe I need to change a little bit and yes. be more receptive to teaching them and just having conversations with them. Sometimes parents just want to be heard. It's oh, crazy. Man. They just want to be heard. The times they, they really I put don't my care. earpiece in <laughs> and I just sit and listen. And I listen intently, parents, I promise. Yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. And it's just like, and they're like, and then the, the conversation like, okay. Yeah. Literally say, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, coach. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> like, okay. I didn't even say anything, but they had to say their yes. piece, speak their piece, because it is their yeah. kid. And yeah. I have a, now I, have, I, have two, I have two little ones. And so yes. once I became a father, mm-hmm. that came very, very clear, like, oh, yeah. 
it's my daughter, so I'm going to have something to say no matter what's happening because it's my it's daughter, daughter, regardless of what that person thinks she needs to do or what. Mm -hmm. It is my daughter. And yeah, so my opinion matters automatically. automatically. And so, so communication and mm -hmm. responsibility. Yes. When you take, when you, as a leader, I'm a big believer in this. If mm -hmm. anything happens under my umbrella, it's my fault. My fault. It's my fault. That's it. Oh, they don't understand. Oh, they're disrespecting me. That's my yeah. fault. I didn't, I didn't tell them clearly who I mm -hmm. am and why they shouldn't disrespect me or yeah. however you want to see yeah. it. So. And that's why uh, with like my training program and even my little middle school team, just being in somebody else's gym and renting their gym, just understanding how to control the parents and making sure they're abiding by the rules, making sure our kids are respectful. Yes. That's another thing. If you're going to start off a training business, your foundation and culture has to be so tight-knitted. Like, it has to be tight. Yep. Because, like I said, you're going to have your Apple complainers. <laughs> no matter what. No yes. matter, you can be as perfect as possible. You do, if you, if you change the time <laughs> from Man. 6 to 6.15, <laughs> you're going to hear a complaint. Yep. So, absolutely. that's the biggest thing. No, that's dope. Yeah. Um, so, coaching prep basketball. Yeah. I wanted to touch on it real quick because yeah. it's you know it's kind of it's a newer space. It's a newer space, yes. And it's uh, it's becoming the dominant yeah. space though yeah. for kids who want to play at the next level. Mm -hmm. um, what's your experience been like? It's the best experience you can experience as a basketball coach and player development coach mm. and developing players. Um, it's almost like getting. I've been there for four years. It's like getting 10 years of experience, hmm. 10 years plus. And here's the reasons why. At your regular CAF school, the kids go to school all day. They have classroom, they have homework, and then they get basketball for maybe an hour. Maybe you can do training before school, maybe not, and then you have games and that's it. On the prep level, we get to go 6 a.m. to 7.30. We get to go 1 to 2.30, skill work, and then we get to go practice 3 to 5 and then we get to go weights, and then we're with these kids all day, all day long. And they're housing with us. Man. So you can imagine from the parent experience to the, the inner uh, relationship with the player, and then it's the development on the court, we're able to maximize our hours like the Europeans are able to do. Yes. And that experience alone for me, we talk about 10,000 hours. I want to say it's like 50,000 hours mm. because... I've corrected and seen so many different type of players and personalities. And these aren't players that are not good. These are players that are actually, they're supposed to be somebody and they're being recruited throughout the country. Um, that experience alone has made me grown, grow so much as a coach and it's transitioned and translated into my training and the things I want to do personally, um, you know, with building an AAU team and, you know, building my training business. It's helped me a ton. Um, also, the connections you make. Yeah. I mean, I've made so many connections, it's, it's unreal. Like, I've been all around the country, I've played at every big tournament, um, leading all the way to now we're in OTE. Um, the exposure and the connections is, 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 is limitless. Like, I can honestly say I know a lot of people in basketball, yeah. and I've coached and trained a lot of high-level players. Uh, most of our players are all at the Division One level. We have over 40, 40 Division One basketball players. And I think it's like 75% of them are either starting or getting major minutes on one of those teams. Wow. So seeing that in three or four years is that's a blessing on its own. Right. It, it's the best experience you can get. And starting with a prep school, not that was popular right away, literally starting from the ground up, mm -hmm. you know, starting from being 
um, in the in the pandemic and playing in the grind session. Um, our first year top 25 team, going from second year from top 25 to top 10 in the country, and then having a year of this talented kids, and then just trying to figure it out, it's, right? Yeah. And then all, coming all the way to this year where we finally have like all the right pieces, and now we have a new challenge for the OTE. Mm. So. I mean, it's like being a college. To me, it's better than being a college coach. No, you're going to throw it in the fire. It's like, you should do this before you go be a college coach because when yes. you become a college coach, you yeah. actually there's more, I guess, structure and uh, rules. Yes. And so you can yeah. mold it and shape it based off yeah. your experience with the prep school. Yes, well. no, it's, it's been amazing just from the business uh, standpoint. Um, like you said, structure, it makes me be more structured mm -hmm. because who's going to tell me what to do? I, I'm the one leading everything. So... My, my habits have to be right and I have to be organized and I have to communicate um, and then we're trying to build things right at a, at a, at a, at a college things are kind of already built you can just yes. tell Susie or somebody to do something <laughs> when we're trying to build something we all have to come together be connected um, we have to uh, put in the time in the gym with the kids and actually get them better um, it's just been amazing bro like I can't like shout out to Travis Nichols uh, for giving um, all of us coaches there in this program, this platform, because every coach in this program has grown mm -hmm. um, from Julius to me to Brendan Taylor, um, uh, Rubes from last year, um, Steve Bake was in our program. Right. Like We've had a lot of good coaches in our program that have benefited yeah. um, you know, from the platform that Travis has kind of made for us, and he's in Florida now. Right, so doing it all. It's Start, starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. Of, so, you know, same blueprint, but some, yeah, some so different. Yeah, so it's it's been amazing. It's been really, really fun. Uh, we built something really special, really yeah. special there. Um, so no, man, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, that's dope. I think oh, that's definitely. great insight for yeah. somebody who doesn't know, and for for parents and kids yeah. who don't understand how mm -hmm. prep school works, yeah. what what it is. And, yeah. These kids are going on. The, if the goal is free college, mm -hmm. there's an opportunity there, yeah. 100%. Yeah. You just have to love this. You have to love it. You gotta. You have you, to love the game. If you love basketball and you want to take that extra uh, step, I would say prep is the route. Um, if you have a good situation with your CIF, dominate where you can dominate. Mm. Um, but if you have an opportunity where you need to be challenged a little bit, hint at a couple guys there. <laughs> The only good kid in their school, and you know you're a high-level player, challenge yourself. You don't have to come to our school, but find a way to challenge yourself. Right. because, Like you going from Alamany to town. Yeah, you, you want to be prepared yeah. because you don't want to be the guy, and then you see this talent, and now you see that this guy's been through these experiences, and it's like even though you average 22 and that guy averaged 8, he's kind of more ready to, to play. So parents, remember that. Points don't matter at all. Man, they do not matter. Say it again. They don't matter that as much as you think. So it's all about ability and capability. So you can average 20 just in fouls and layups because you're bigger and stronger. And then when the floor gets spaced and you're playing the same guy with the same athleticism and built, can you make a consistent three? Can you drip? Like, I always say this as a trainer I want you to be able to do everything. So they yes. can't say you can't do this. Yes. Give, me, give the coach a reasoning take you off the floor yep give me a reason absolutely <laughs> i love that i that mindset yeah of players being able to do anything regardless of their size mm -hmm. um i think is a huge disagreement in the basketball community yeah especially with um you know oh i'm gonna say old school coaches yeah. or coaches who who see the game a certain way mm -hmm. 
Because that's my thing is like, man, I, they have to, you have to be able to access every part mm -hmm. of the floor yes. and be able to be in effective. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I got a seven footer, I want him to shoot threes all yeah. game, but he better know how to knock down a corner three in the top three. He, he better know how to do that. You got and it's a, it's a slow, steady development in every, in every facet of the game. And I like that you said that because we see a lot of our kids go to college and don't play. And it's a product of not just the coach. It's a product of can you get there and adjust? Mm. Can you get there and adjust? Okay, he doesn't want you to put the ball on the floor right now. So can you play better off the ball? Can you get two or three steals? And then maybe that'll open your window up. Yeah. And if you talk to good players that have been in programs and they've all of nowhere started getting playing time, they'll tell you, like, oh, I just came in, I hit a couple corner threes, and now coach didn't even know I can do this mm. because I just stayed at it. You have to fall in love with the game, not your game. Fall in love with the actual game of mm. winning, not just your game. Your game will open up as long as you do the things that can help that coach win. And it might not be catch and shoot. Amari Bailey, I didn't even think he caught in shot at UCLA at all. Not really. I think he was like driving to the basket and, hey man. <laughs> yeah. That, that's no, just how it works sometimes. The coach controls your playing time, so yeah. do what that man says. Be capable of doing whatever he asks. What? They recruit you because yeah. they, they see you fitting into their program at yeah. some level. Mm -hmm. Find out what that reason is. Yeah. And keep on working on your game, yeah. like you're saying. Fall mm -hmm. in love with that process. Keep working on the things that you want mm -hmm. to be able to show and improve on. Yeah. But also, yeah, it, it, it's weird because we're saying it, mm -hmm. it, it's almost... <laughs> We're saying that, hey, coaches want you to do a certain thing, mm -hmm. but you got to be able to do everything. Yeah. And, and, and both are true. Yeah. It's not one or the other. It's yeah. not like we have somebody big, hey, when you go to college, all you're going to have to do is rim run and dunk. Yeah. yeah. Mm, yes, mm -hmm. but I also have to have footwork on the perimeter to be able to rip through one dribble, two yes. dribble, and Absolutely. make a decision. Absolutely. Yeah. Decision making. And then, like, the thing about it is things change, too. A player gets hurt. Mm. Another player starts playing really good. Mm -hmm. Maybe your role diminishes a little bit. Man, it's a lot. Things happen, man. That's it. it it's it's strange because maybe because I'm a hoop head. That's what it is. You <laughs> hit it on the nail. Because I see it in the NBA. I went to yeah. an NBA game, and I I just told my kids this. Like I always text them stuff in the chat. Coaches always send your players information on this things that you see. I'm watching Clay Thompson. People were talking crazy about Clay Thompson. They were. Bro, this guy guards the whole game, and he's six eight. You like. People are confused. Like, I think when kids are like, oh, he sucks. or Because he's, he's missing a few threes. He's missing a few threes. <laughs> this guy is so elite defensively. The things he was doing, I, I teach active hands, like having your hands up, fingertips to the air. I mean, he's active. Like, he's bothering guys on passes. Like, it was amazing to see. I said, and oh, he keeps really, guys in front of and him. And he keeps guys in front of him. And I don't yeah, think man. kids are seeing, like, yeah. No, they see him miss threes right now. But actually, the last four games, he's been getting. He's been a little he's hotter, been but. What's, what's keeping him on the floor? You think Steve Kerr is going to play him, not right. play him because he's missing threes? Right. He's playing him for a reason. Yeah. Like, that's, so that's how more critical it gets. The higher, and that's another thing I tell my kids, the higher up you go, like, when I started starting and I was getting, like, big time minutes, now they're looking like, uh, Steve, you went one for five on three. You're shooting this percent. Like, the game gets harder. Yeah. Now you have to perform. Now you're going to, now if you don't continue to perform, now you're back to where you're, now you're back to square one. Mm. Even when you get to the league, those guys are good. But now they're looking at their percentages. You shot yeah. three, I think, I remember I was talking, I was watching the Clippers play somebody and, and Coffee was shooting from the corner 
And I was like, if he shoots, if he misses one more three, they're done with him. He had missed like three in a row. And he had like, you know, he had the nuts to shoot that other one and he made it. And I was like, he's lucky he made that. Because that's how critical the NBA is. Like, right. you start, you miss that, oh, we can't play him for the rest of the season. Man. Or they tell you, they tell you don't shoot anymore. Right. Or you, maybe the players stop shooting because they want to save their percentages. Mm-hmm. Like, the game gets very... Or they get very, stop getting past to because you're missing it. Something, something. Whatever the deal is, but <laughs> yeah. the journey is very long and that's what it is. Have the ability to do everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the whole point. Like, yes. this... Maximize your abilities and capabilities. Maximize them. Dope, so, dope. yeah. Last piece we're going to touch on here. Uh, you uh, started uh, middle school, mm-hmm. AAU program. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Probably more coaching for you. Yeah, and, more coaching. Um, what would encourage you to do that? Uh, so when I went to the district, I started training at the district. Um, I just started getting a lot of middle school kids. And I never had got that many middle school kids. So um, a lot of the parents were like, why don't you start a team? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to start a team. Like, you know, I was just kind of brushing it off. And one day I was like, dude, I have, all, I have too many kids. Like, we got to do an eighth grade team. So as soon as I thought of the idea, I came up with the branding and and and, it, and, I, and Build Your Way was always, I used to have Jones Way shorts. It always said Build Your Way on the shorts mm. since like 2020. So I was going to just call it Build Your Way Elite. Perfect. And then I made an Instagram page and we played all summer and I literally fell in love with the program because the kids got so much better. And I was like, oh, it works. <laughs> Because you're showing them the development, you're training them, and then and then coaching. You get to coach them in the game, and that was and that's the best part because it's middle school, so we can do this more. We can do anything. They can have the ability to do anything. Yep. And I remember for a whole month, I was like, these kids can't pass. So we did passing and training for like a month. Everything was driving kick passing, just all different types of passing. And I think we had went to an AVAC tournament and we played one of the made hoop teams. And I'm like, we're up by 10 points. We end up losing, but we're up by 10 points at one point. Mm. And I was like, oh, it works. And we were playing the right way. And, and like, and I'm not, I could talk, some coaches, some of the coaching out there is just, it's oh, so Oh, it's terrible. Bad. We talk about it all the time. Let's, like, let's talk about it. You're not telling guys to run to the two and the three, and this is the four. Like, they don't even know positions. They don't, they're just out there just doing anything. Yeah. And they're, getting their, they're getting their kid. Shots. Yeah. Whoever and, their son is or a nephew or. It's so bad basketball that uh, it actually helps guys like me. But then it hurts as well because a lot of those kids are older and they stack the teams. And I don't really care about that. I think I, I really have fell in love with finding young kids and this building. Build your way. This build them up and, That's it. you know, build up their heart, their toughness, and find a real love for the game of basketball. Um, and then the training will speak for itself. There you, you know. Go. Yeah. Let's let that speak for itself. So, hundred percent, and that's yeah. that's what core is about. Yeah. Like that's literally why I do it. Is like I don't care after after eighth grade, yeah. you could continue to work with me. Yeah, we could figure it out. Yeah, but no, man, you I, the foundation is there. The you know how to train. You know what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. you know the attitude you're supposed to have in yeah. there and the work ethic Most you're definitely. supposed to have. Yeah, and so hey, yeah. at least the foundation is there. And so yeah. if a, even if a parent walks in the mm-hmm. gym, oh, that's a bad trainer. Yeah, that's not what Coach Todd did. Yeah, they know. They know. I had yeah. one of my high school kids actually yeah. hit me up <laughs> like <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Coach, we got to get in the gym. Yeah. And this morning we're working out and he's like, I'm like, hey, man, where's your touch at? Like he's shooting like yeah. darts at the board, yeah. at, the, at the rim. And I was like, he's like, coach, that's why I'm back here. They ain't doing it for me. <laughs> they, they ain't doing, doing it. it. And yeah. it's like, 
Yeah. Cool. You understand what you need, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that you at least know. Like, yeah. even if I can't do it, yeah. you know that you have to go get yeah. this part of your game yes. and work on it. So. You got to. No, that's dope, man. I hope to uh, continue build your way that yeah. keep, continues to build, man. Yes, uh, don't be afraid to hop into the high school yep. if you want to, man. Possibly. You got an eighth grade team. Hey, <laughs> hey, if it happens, it happens, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said sure. independence a good way to go. So, yeah. hey, um, want to go? We're gonna hop into our next segment. Uh, my Rushmore. My Rushmore. Okay. So I got something for you okay. since you're a Taft alum. <laughs> oh, okay. Man. Top four Taft players. In the last 20 years, 25 years. Top four Taft players. Whew. That's tough. Uh, no specific order, just four. Your just top four. four. Um, the best player I've ever seen play at Tav is Bryce Jones, RIP. Best player i ever seen. Yeah. Um, been, could have been making millions in the NBA. Um, Larry Drew, because he's a legend. Yeah. He, he's a legend. I can't say Jordan because I never saw Jordan former play, so I'm just gonna leave him oh, out on the loop. Sleep. But I'm gonna mention him. You are. Sleep. I'm, I'll be sleep. I'll stay Jordan, sleep. Jordan, I apologize for Steve. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying this because I train him, but people don't talk about like Mikey Williams had probably one of the best years ever at Taft. I don't know if you know Mikey Williams. Oh, Michael Williams had one of the best yeah. years ever at Taft. Mike was gone. And crazy. he played. He went from freshman year, freshman team. Sophomore team, JV to varsity. Wow. Nobody knows that. So you he plays gotta overseas give, now. You yeah. got to give credit. He plays in the Philippines. Got to give credit to that. So the him, and then from my roots, I'm going to say Chris Yonku because our t- we're the only two players that got two city championships with two different coaches. And I think he has like, I think when he's senior year, he's like one of my best friends. Um, he has the most points in top history. If you can look that up, yeah, okay. he's got the most. Google that. Yeah, he has that. the most points ever in Taft history. I'm pretty sure nobody has more points because after we won city this last year, they just won city. I don't mm. think anybody. There's no player that wow surpasses that. So yeah, That's but shout out to a lot of other players. Definitely shout out to Spencer. <laughs> okay, okay. Spencer is my yeah. <laughs> so Spencer is definitely. I'm gonna say yeah. My legend. four would have to be Jordan. Yeah. Jordan was go go yeah. Google Jordan yeah. or YouTube Jordan and okay. attack like yeah ridiculous just pulling up like yeah. just different uh, Larry Drew point God man yeah. like I just love the way he plays the game yeah. and seeing him develop um, Kihei Clark oh yeah Kihei <laughs> that's my yeah. sleeper man I tell people all the time my favorite mm-hmm. point guard how I say this. Sky's not a Sky's a point guard, but he ain't a point guard. Yeah, yeah, he's I know. Like, he's kind of like everything to me. Yeah. Like, so Sky's my favorite high school player ever. His sophomore yeah. mixtape. Yeah, is besides the point. Sorry. Yeah. So, but Kihei. Yeah, Kihei. He's different. Cold. Yeah. And then is that four? That's three. Who'd I miss? Oh, Spencer. And so Spencer, then, yeah, Spencer, Spencer. then like, yeah, yeah, man, and that's, that's missing so many. There's so were. many. So many. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Derek Taylor. Derek got talent. Even Jay Hart when he yeah. was there. And yeah. DT coming back. Like, it's talent, man. Yeah. Ta- it was so much talent through there. I mean, you can name a whole list of guys. Right. Like, Crazy. It was a So nah, A lot of history in there. Though. Yeah. All right. And so now this is where we flip the script. Mm-hmm. You become the interviewer. Oh, Two yeah. questions for me. Two questions for Anything you. Anything in the world. What was your biggest challenge? Um... 
with, with starting um, prep middle school? My biggest challenge starting prep middle school, man, that is a that is a funny question. It's probably now. Really? Are you want to talk like when I first started? I guess there was no. It was a very natural transition. Mm -hmm. How you transitioned into training is yeah. how I transitioned into core. Okay. I didn't plan for it. Yeah. It just happened. Yeah. Johnny Juzang's dad. Yeah. It's like I want him to train. Yeah. And I want him to do homeschool. Yeah. I'm like I don't do nothing during the day. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll watch him. And yeah. as I tell other people, have 15 people show up to a meeting. Eight people signed up. Yeah. It's like that. And I had eight people. Yeah. I had the gym at 360. Yeah. Uh, Travis, that's when I met Travis. Yeah. Travis needed a job. Yeah. And boom, we just started the program. Yeah. And wow, uh, then the school, mm -hmm. transitioning to on campus, how we do it, because we mm -hmm. don't do the homeschool part yeah. anymore where they have the traditional campus. It was smooth. I was already yeah. on campus as a coach, yeah. as an assistant. Yeah. And then boom. And so now mm -hmm. the growth. Yeah. And the limitations yeah. that the school has on capacity. Yeah. yeah. Is the issue. Is the issue. Oh, yeah. And I literally and have. No holdbacks. I have. Well, no. See, and that's the other thing. Yeah. We're going to post this, Karina. We do accept uh, kids who reclassify. Why are people telling me that? This is the thing. Yeah. It's uh, an administrative uh -huh. and a family decision. Gotcha. Todd doesn't make that decision. Got you. Okay. And then this is gotcha. our rule is that if they're in the school already, they cannot reclassify into the same grade if they already are yeah, students in the school because of yeah. the social dynamic. That makes sense. Is weird. Yeah. We used to. Yeah. But no, you can uh, upon entry into the school, yeah. we reclassify, reclassify kids in this case by case situation. Oh, so, so the let's kids make that, that very clear. That's it. Well, there there it is. Yes, and I think people. Okay. I'm gonna say what it is. I think mm -hmm. people said that to just discourage people from applying. Gotcha. And not uh, not trying to come not to the school. To come. But okay. no, we we do kids gotcha. still get reclassified. Yeah. We don't do it as much as we used to do in the past. Yeah. It is. Definitely case by case, but yeah. we do allow kids to reclassify yeah. if it's the right situation for yeah. them and their family. Gotcha. There you go. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's the tough part is just mm -hmm. uh, scaling, right? Mm -hmm. It's always scaling, mm -hmm. and with our business model, is very yeah. unique. So, gotcha. Okay. Um, I guess my next question is um, I mean, this, I don't have a family, but how do you like manage basketball and then how do you turn the switch off? Cause it, this this is a twenty four hour job. It man, <laughs> um, having an understanding wife. My okay. wife is amazing. She understands how yeah. I help people and what I do, and so um, we have an agreement mm -hmm. on what time the phone goes off. Yeah, and there are certain people who can call me past that time that yeah. she she knows. Yeah, and. Um, I make sure my end mm -hmm. that there's balance. I yeah. don't do anything after 3 p.m. anymore. Yeah, I'm in the morning, early morning training. Like yeah. my first client's at 5:15 a.m. Yeah. I train in the morning till core starts at eight. Yeah. Core is over at three. I'm at home with my kids. That's good. And then I, I go to games, go watch games, but I yeah. take my kids with me. Yeah. Um, or I, you know, I have yeah. to go buy my my, my wife some uh, cheesecake factory. Yeah. Hey, I'm buying your dinner tonight just yeah. so you know. Hey, yeah. I want to go watch this game. Yeah. Um. And so the balance comes from knowing first. I mean, I just know God's gonna provide. Yeah, I could be out here making yeah. probably a hundred thousand more dollars if yeah. I work from three to nine. Yeah. Like what? Yeah, I could be making money, but yeah. it's it's more about yeah. being there for my Foundation kids. And, everything. and so it's about the time management and trusting what you do. Gotcha. Yeah. And it took it took do. a grind to get there. That wasn't yeah. always like that. Yeah. That just happened when I had kids. Yeah. Probably when my daughter was two and she's four yeah. and a half now. Yeah. And so my son is two and a half. And yeah. so, yeah, man, just. 
Understanding, understanding wife, understanding partner. That's where it starts, though. (laughs) Well, man, uh, you got a 24 second clock. Yeah. That's your camera. Talk to the people. Let them know where they can find you on Instagram. Yeah. Or anything, any message you have, whether it's about your business or a message in general for the people. Let Um, them know. Steve Jones. uh, You can find me on Instagram. Stephen J. Three N's, two J's. You guys can reach out to me for training the Jones way and. any middle school kids want to join Build Your Way Elite, you guys can contact me. Dope, dope, man. Appreciate you coming on the show, my brother. Yes, sir. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Peace.